celebrate and remember, oh God, um, in Acts where the Holy Spirit just began to take over in, in the upper room, oh God. And we just ask for a new move of your yeah. spirit. God, even now that you would come, that you would speak to us, that you would minister to every need, that you would fill us, fill us with your power. And we just thank you, God, for what's yet to come. We expect miracles. We expect signs and wonders to be released in our lives, God, in our families, our community, God, in this nation. Lord, we just thank you for it. We give you honor. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We just want him. God, we just want you, Lord. We want your presence. We need your spirit. Hallelujah. We're expecting more from you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that there's nobody like you, God, that you know everything that you give to God. We thank you that you are the God of the possible. Hallelujah. We come to worship you today.
would come, that you would move. God, that you would revive your people today. Say, move, 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 Holy Spirit. Move, 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 Holy Spirit. Revive us, revive us, revive us, Holy Spirit. Transform us, transform us, transform us. for you to revive us. We ask that the Holy Spirit would break out, that you would take over, take control today. We thank you for it, Lord. God, we thank you today. Thank you for your power. Come on, when we just begin to thank him today for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're doing of heaven roars your name sing louder let this place be filled with praise can you hear it the sound of heaven touching earth the sound of heaven touching earth our father all of heaven roars your name sing louder let this place erupt with praise. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth. All of heaven roars your name. Sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise. Can you the sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth, our Father. All of heaven roars your name, sing louder. Let this place erupt with praise, can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. Sound of heaven touching earth. Break our walls down. Spirit break out. Heaven come down. Spirit break out. Spirit break out. 
Restaurant. 
It'll be a great time of uh, networking, of connecting together, being encouraged in the Lord as we talk about God's desire for us to walk in success in every area of our life. These meetings have been so awesome, and every time we have new people coming, and it's been a great time to opportunity to meet other uh, Christian women, people of like faith. And so we encourage you, but I need you to make your um, reservation and your lunch selection as soon as possible. I've already submitted them, but they are gracious to allow me to squeeze in a couple of extras at the last minute. So if you want to come, we would love to have you be with us. Also, remember that this week we are opening registration for the Unlocked Women's Conference, July 15th and 16th. That's going to be powerful in addition to myself, my daughter, my daughter-in-law, and many other wonderful um, ministers uh, within our congregations from both of our campuses, we are hosting um, Pastor Robin Bullock will be with us for that meeting. There will be two luncheons. It'll be a great time. The 14th, uh, um, wait, did I say 14th? It's 15th and 16th. I might have said the dates wrong. Anyway, it's the Friday and Saturday. And so we're excited. We hope that you'll be able to join us for that and you'll register as soon as possible uh, to secure your seat uh, because we do have limited seating here. So we want to be able to secure the seats, make sure that we can accommodate everybody who is wanting to attend. The end of this month, on June the 29th, 30th, and July the 1st, it is our honor to host Bishop Tudor Bismarck, who will be coming from Zimbabwe, South Africa, to be with us. He is phenomenal, one of the most accurate prophetic voices we've ever encountered, and um, he, he's just powerful. His revelation as he preaches the word is likened to none, and so I know that you will be blessed and inspired if you're able to join us. He will be at our campus in New Orleans for all three nights, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. That weekend, it's a busy weekend. It's going into July the 4th, and so it'll be a busy weekend, but he will be with us at our New Orleans campus that weekend. So make plans to join us for all of these special times. In addition to our regularly scheduled services, we will be here Wednesday night with another uh, time of ministry and sharing and open up the altars if anybody's wanting prayer for us to pray with them. And It'll be a great time. Um, I also want to take a moment and share with you that today is a special day for two reasons. Because on this day, 36 years ago, I gave birth to my beautiful baby girl. So happy birthday, Bethany. Um, would you come? We have... I, I've tr you have it? Oh, never mind. You can sit right there just for a minute. Okay. I'm not the techie one in the family, but let's see how this comes out. I don't know. I put together just a few little pointers and highlights of her life up here. Happy birthday, Bethany. And that's when she was born, and her big brother was so proud. He was so excited to welcome her to our family. And so then that's just kind of a collage of our family and of uh, her and Brandon together through the years. And that's my little baby girl. <laughs> and she was at some, uh, this is some of this is, the little one's not, but the other two are school age pictures. And that's her senior uh, high school picture. And then this is, uh, 
some um, high school prom and then just, you know, her fun personality. If you've never really gotten around her, you don't know. You, I mean, you're missing a whole lot because she's got some personality. That's her uh, album, solo album that she recorded. And this is her preaching and singing and doing what she loves to do. A few different shots of that. Oh, it looks like I missed one. Oh, well, don't tell anybody. And then just some pictures that show her uh, comedic side. <laughs> her and her mom, a few little pictures there. And <laughs> she's dark-headed there, I guess. Some people don't recognize that's her. <laughs> well, that was a Cinco de Mayo celebration at the church, so she was all in you know, rare form. And her and her daddy, always daddy's little girl. We were taking a picture, and somebody jumped in front of us. <laughs> Imagine that. And then Josh came along. <laughs> God brought Joshua into her life, and that was the day she got engaged. I don't know why my picture is two-tone, the one on the right, but or maybe it's y'all's left. I don't know. And that was right after uh, he proposed to her, and all of the family was there celebrating. Some of their engagement pictures and a picture at a party, a wedding that we attended. And this is our crazy family. If you'll notice, Brandon's hand is in his dad's hair. And his dad's given up. He just closed his eyes. He just, <laughs> I can't even deal with this group. <laughs> And it was one of her birthdays a few years ago. I'm not sure where we were even. <laughs> and the other one's Commander's Palace. This one is for her um, engagement party. And that's when Mr. Bo came along. And we welcomed him into our family. And then God brought Blaze along and blessed us. And now, beautiful family that we have. So I didn't do as good as you do, Beth, but there you go. <laughs> Happy birthday. We love you. Would you come? We have something for you. And I'm going to ask Dad to come. And if Josh wants to, go ahead and come, too, so that he can take the mic. But we want to pray over you. Pray for a wonderful birthday today but a blessed year as well that this is going to be an awesome year for you and this is for you from the church oh, just you. a little thank you for all that you do we we couldn't run this church without her we're the pastors but she runs it <laughs> she runs the show keeps us straight and keeps it going josh would you come and dad would you pray over her father we just thank, thank you, you lord. lord thank you for what what a wonderful gift you've given to us yes god church lord Lord, we ask you that blessings come upon her in a, in a, in a different way, oh God. Father, let increase come into her life. Father, move upon her by your spirit, oh God. Lord, speak to her in dimensions and ways that you have never revealed to her yet. Father, move upon her. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Day to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bethany. 
Happy birthday to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love y'all. And in a few minutes, we'll sing this at our New Orleans okay. campus. And it'll go like this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. All right. Good morning. All right. I'm going to make this quick just for time, but you can find this. Well, I'll just say this about Tudor Bismarck. Outside of this house, if I had one voice that God said you can only listen to one other voice, it would be Tudor Bismarck. I'm going to tell you, you will not find someone that's more prophetic, that operates in a more apostolic realm, that sees things in the spirit that only in America we just taste of. Uh, you know, and being from the nation he's in and the things that they deal with the government there and how they move, he is incredible. He will stretch you. And so I encourage you, even though it's in New Orleans, you should go. Um, you, you will be uh, incredibly blessed. And he will teach things out of the word of God that you would say, I have never saw that. And so um, I just challenge you in that. Um, Bishop Tudor is, he's a phenomenal man and uh, he's a blessing to our pastors in this house. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 24, you can find the story there if you want to read it, but just for the sake of time, um, you know, David took up a census of the, the armies of Israel and, you know, and he sent his generals out to count the soldiers, which God told him not to do because he is relying on his own strength and how many numbers he has versus trusting in the Lord. And so they went through and they found that there were 800,000 fighting men in Israel, 500,000 in the tribe of Judah. And God came to him and said, okay, David, because you sin, come on, you, some of you know the story, I'm going to give you a choice. And David said, well, we'll take the plague because it's only going to be for three days. And after 70,000 died and the, the angel was about to destroy Jerusalem, God said, stop. And David went down and he said, I must, uh, the prophet came and he said, I must make atonement for my sin. So he goes down and this is the part I want to get to. He says, he goes to buy a threshing floor, and the guy says, well, you're the king. I can just give you this. I can give you all the animals. You don't have to pay for this. And David said this. He said, how can I, I'm paraphrasing, but he, essentially, how can I sacrifice to my God, and it costs me nothing? And so today, as we get ready to give, it costs you something, amen? Come on, it's coming out of your bank account. It's coming out of your hands. It's coming out of the work that you told. But, you know, that's what I love about David. Even though he made many mistakes, he was still a man after God's own heart. You know you can be a person after God's own heart and make mistakes. <laughs> but what you can never do is lose the position of honor and respect that David had for God. And he said, how can I give to the Lord and it costs me nothing? So I just encourage you in that, that that you would always keep that because giving costs us something, right? That's why it's giving, right? We're not taking, we're giving. It costs us something. So, Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to give and give and to worship you, God. Lord, I thank you for your spirit today on this day of Pentecost, oh God, that you would fill every believer fresh with fire, oh God. Father, that you would cause increase. Not only financially, Lord, but spiritually, Lord God, that our soul would prosper, Lord, that our, that our spirits would prosper, that our health would, would prosper, O oh God. Father, that our relationships would prosper, Lord, that you would cause us, according to your word, to even be at peace with our enemies. 
Lord, I just thank you for this day to worship you, God, and to give unto you, O God. And Lord, according to your word, that it shall come back into our life, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And Lord, we give you all praise and glory and honor. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a good day today. I'm, I'm expecting God to do some great and wonderful things in our lives. You know, as we uh, celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the first verse that comes to your mind would be probably in Acts chapter 2. They were all in one place. They were all of one mind. And then the Holy Spirit came upon them like cloven tongues of fire. Can you imagine that moment? sitting in a room and you look in and Stan's got a flame coming out, out the top of his head, just descending and landing on him and John. And then you start looking around, everybody's got it, you know. And, and then, uh, then, then you begin to see uh, uh, people coming out of the room and the world looking at them as though they're drunk. And, and, and they begin to say, we're not drunk as you suppose, but this is what Joel prophesied. When you look in scripture, you begin to find there, there is a, a prophetic word that has already been spoken that begins to set the course for our lives and for this world. And I believe that we're about to see one of the greatest outpourings of God's spirit than this world has ever seen. Uh, I, I believe that we are going to, and I've said this so, for a while now, that we're going to see all of the great moves of God that has already taken place all accumulated together, plus some. You know, I just I believe we're going to we're going to experience an encounter with God like this earth has not encountered since the day of Pentecost. And I'm excited and looking forward to those moments that's going to take place. So anyway, I could go to Acts chapter two, but I'm going to go to First Corinthians chapter two. And look at some passages here. And uh, so beginning in verse, verse 7, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of his princes of the world knew. For, he had, the, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I think, I think when you fall in love with God and you begin to start really dedicating your life to him, looking at your life and saying, you know, I don't want to do anything that's going to displease God, then we're going to see those things that God has for us that he's prepared that nobody understands yet. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things 
that are freely given to us by God. I'm going to stop there just for a moment. You know, in Scripture, there is a revelation that we're searching for, or many revelations that are in the Scripture we're searching for, but, but each day we're looking for a revelation. Hopefully that's what we're doing. Hopefully we're not reading Scripture just to, just to pass time. We're reading Scripture to have something revealed to us, unveiled to us, that makes it where that I can take the Word of God that has been written, written over 2,000 years ago and looking at that Word that is relevant for today. You say, well, how could things written so long ago be relevant for today? By the Spirit. It's only by the Spirit that we're able to interpret Scripture and begin to understand the depths of God and allow God to work in our lives. So there is an unveiling that takes place. <clears throat> an unveiling that begins to show not only what Scripture is, but the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to us what is ours. When, it, when, it, when I begin to read here, and it says that there are things that have not been seen that only by the Spirit is going to come, that God hath prepared for them that love Him. Having a relationship with God, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people want to refer to the Holy Spirit as being an it. Well, when it moves, and I think that that is almost a little bit degrading because when you look at an it, you can look at electricity, and electricity has power but it doesn't have intelligence. When you turn it on, it's going to go through the most least, least past of, re, of resistance. And it's going to shock you if you grab a hold of it. That's how I kept my hair curled when I was younger. <laughs> Grabbing a hold of a wand. I'm just teasing with that. But uh, it'll get a hold of you when you, don't, when you least expect it. But there's a difference between power and intelligence. The word tells us that when the Holy Ghost came, that the power of God and the fire fell upon the people. So the Holy Spirit is referred to as power, but yet it's more than just power. He's more than just something that gives strength. He's more than just what the word can describe and 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 we have as humans a hard time understanding exactly what it's trying to describe. But when you look at the Holy Spirit, the only thing that we can really in our human nature is say, He, because of His intelligence. Now look at that. It says that the Spirit is going to reveal to us these things. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. The revealing of that, of what he's prepared, that man doesn't know, man doesn't understand. Man can't hardly comprehend what God is going to do, but is going to be revealed to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Intelligence. It's researching, it's looking, it's, it's discovering, it's finding. Everything that God has planned for man, he's bringing it in to reveal it to us. And he says, yea, even the deep things of God. 
I don't know about you, but every time I look at the Word, and every time I read the Word, every time I study the Word, every time I hear the Word of God, I'm looking for something different because I know that what I have uncovered by the Spirit is only a portion of what God is. We haven't tapped into, really, what God is or, or what He's wanting to do in our lives. We, 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 we have taken salvation and we said salvation is, is the ultimate. It is when you're talking about eternity. Because it's only those that are born again that's going to enter into the kingdom of God. So it is for that aspect, but when you now mix the Holy Spirit with our life, there is a revealing and an understanding that man didn't come up with. Man doesn't discover it, but it's the Holy Spirit that brings it to our life. You know, when, when, when my son was uh, living at home and he fell in love, he came to me, he said, Dad, how do you know when you're in love? How do you know that this is the right person for you? And I said, can't really explain it, son, but all I can tell you is you'll know. I, I, you can look at different ones and you can see different ones and some will be pretty, some will be fine, but it doesn't mean it's the right one for you. But when you know, you'll know. And he walked away scratching his head the same way that I walked away scratching my head after I asked my dad the same thing. Dad, how will you know when you've fallen in love? How do you know it's the right person? How do you know that that's the person for you? My dad's response, being a person of very few words, he says, son, you'll know. You have to go with your knower. There's a lot of people go with their eyes, but they don't go with their knower. And they mess a lot of things up because if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life and let him guide us, we try to guide ourselves with our own opinions, with our own thoughts and with our own discoveries. And many times it leads us down the wrong path and it brings us into destruction. But if I was to follow the one that searches the deep things of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about a day of Pentecost where that the room was full of people, that they were all in one mind, they were all in one accord. How can you get people, two people together to come into agreement? Well, they might agree on a few things, but start painting the wall. Everybody's got a different opinion what color the wall needs to be. Start laying carpet. Everybody's got a different opinion. Maybe we need to put wood flooring down. No, I think carpet would be the best. No, I think carpet collects too much sand, too much dust. And, key, and, and we have these arguments. It's just two people living in a house together. We can't agree on everything. But one thing that we can look at, if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, He's going to guide us. He's going to teach us of the Father. And he's going to reveal to us the hidden things that God has set aside for every individual. So why not have the Holy Spirit in our life? The word speaks to him, speaks about him being our comforter. Times when you're in trouble, times when you're stressed out, times when you don't know how to put things together. The Holy Spirit becomes your comforter and begins to give instructions not only to get your blood pressure down, but to give you insight on what to do in a bad situation. Circumstances of life come. Just because you're saved doesn't exempt you from the pressures of life. 
The pressures of life are there. You still got bills. You still got people. You still, yeah, it'd be wonderful if there was nobody around you. But because we have people around us that think differently, we have problems. I don't know. Nobody's smiling in here on that one. Here. None, none of you have ever had encounters with other people that went the wrong way on what you're saying. Let's look back here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals to us. It's an unveiling. It's an apocalyptic moment where that something that has been hidden has now been uncovered. And every time we get into the word of God, there should be revelation that comes forward in our life to help us in our daily task or our daily walk. Uh, there's passages I can, I can quote to you and give to you a teaching on it that would take a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five. You hear me talk about that all the time. It became revelation to me as a young man. The weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are developed in how we think. We do things based upon what we think or how we think. Now, if I want to change that, I need to change my strongholds, if you will. I need to change the way I think. If I want to get rid of my stronghold, I need to change the way I think. If I want to do something different, I need to change the way I think. Because if, I, if I'm looking for a different result doing the same thing over and over again, that's a definition of insanity. <laughs> Y'all are quiet in here today, making me nervous in here today. Look, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Verse 30, I want to I show you something here that we need to just to pay attention to and make sure that we are looking at the word. Because when, when we start looking at the Holy Spirit as an intelligent person, and I'm saying person, he's not a person, he's the... He's the the, the, the arm of God, he's the spirit of God, he's uh, all kinds of, of things that we can describe. I'm a father, I'm, a, I'm an uncle, I'm a husband, I'm, I'm, I'm all these various different things, but I'm still just me. So the Holy Spirit is him all by himself. But when we get definition and get description, he's a comforter, he's our guide, he's the influencer that teaches us about the Father, He's the one that comes into our life that when the word doesn't tell us exactly who to marry or what job to take or what, what education field we need to go into, the Holy Spirit now reveals that to us when we can't find it in word. Does that make sense? Now, he will never contradict his word. So we have to study the word, know the word, so that when we hear something, we base or judge that spirit Upon the word. That makes sense what I'm saying here. So when I have the word of God founded in my life. And it becomes the foundation. Or, or the, the, the platform in which I walk and operate in. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. I'm now judging. Or whatever spirit is. I'm judging that spirit by the word of God. There's a lot of familiar spirits in this world. And, and if we're not watching a familiar spirit can begin to speak to us and get us off base. You know, if you want to hear from a, spirit, a familiar spirit, 
go down to some psychic somewhere. They're, that's all they tune into is familiar spirits. Something that's familiar with your bloodline. Something that's familiar with the genealogy of your family. That's why they can be accurate with some of the things that they say to you. Because the familiar spirit is speaking. But as you begin to hear and you're judging it with the word, you can begin to sense and feel what kind of spirit that is. The word tells us that we need to judge the spirit. That's your responsibility to be in tune with the word, but yet sensitive to what the spirit is saying. And when it comes into alignment with what the word is saying, it's confirmation I'm hearing from the right spirit. Am I making sense? Somebody say amen. Somebody say something in here. Let me know you're awake in this room here today. I tell you, uh, y'all just too white, I, I think is what it is. Grieve uh, not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not, which tells us that just by that statement that he has feelings. Come on. So, thank you. Well, I got a good amen now. I'm going. <laughs> and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't do something that's going to cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved inside. Anybody in here ever been grieved? You, 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 you're raising your children and your children are doing good to a certain point. Then all of a sudden they do something that now causes your heart to become sick. Because you know the decision that they've made is going to bring them into a lifelong issue. Grief. Grief, you know, you lose a, you lose a, a close one, you lose a, a family member, and there's grief that takes place. They're, and people refer to well, they're just grieving over the death of their mom, or the death of the father, or death of the family member. They're grieving. So, so here it is. It says in the word, "Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit." So, what what is it that I can do that would grieve the Holy Spirit? What is it that I need to do that doesn't grieve him? That's the lane I need to stay in. I don't need to get into the lane where I'm grieving him, that I'm causing his heart to become sick over my decisions or my losses or my stepping away from the relationship that I have with God. When we start thinking about the Holy Spirit more as a he than an it, we begin to understand that it's not just power, but we're looking, at, we're looking at ultimate intelligence that is digging into the deep things of God to bring an answer to you based upon what God has for you in your future. Now, now when I make decisions, I make decisions in a lot of ways based on history past and present time. But the word says that God knows the beginning from the end or from the end from the beginning. In other words, he, he already sees where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. He already has prescribed for you your destiny. So why not listen to the Holy Spirit? Because when he begins to speak to us, he's not making a decision off of history past or even your present condition. He's making a decision and giving you information based upon your future. 
Hmm. If I'm constantly making decisions off of history past or present condition, I'm just responding. I'm having a knee-jerk reaction many times. But if I allow the Holy Spirit to speak and to begin to work inside of me and He begins to reveal to me my future and the answer that gets me to my future and not just having a knee-jerk reaction to a, a, an economic situation. I, I went to the, the gas pump yesterday and $4.38 for regular and, and that had ethanol in it. <sighs> I'm sitting there pumping that gas and I'm thinking, man, how much higher is it going to go? I don't know. I don't know. So I can't have a knee-jerk reaction based upon what I'm dealing with in the natural. Although we want to. I have to have the Holy Spirit speaking to me to guide me, to bring me into all truth so that I can... Deal with where I'm going, even though my present doesn't look very appealing. Concern? Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about a lot of things. I'm concerned about how people are going to make ends meet. How, how are they going to put bread on the table? We've got, what is it, 19 food factories now that's been going up in flames? Is this a coincidence? No, absolutely not. I mean, there's a lot of things that not, were not coincidence, and then we want to we say things that, that are to, uh, uh, to bring everybody calm, let them calm down. Well, these are just things that are happening. No, somebody's torching them. Somebody's trying to cause America to get into a crisis. Somebody's trying to cause things where that you can't find uh, baby formula on the shelves. You can't find certain things, you know. And, and, and it, a lot of issues that are taking place around us, we don't have answers for, and definitely our government doesn't have any answers for it. I mean, we've got a double-minded man that's unstable in all of his ways that's trying to run the place, but I don't think it's him that's running. I think it's the uh, puppets behind there that are pulling the strings. So I heard somebody say, if you can follow the cord that goes to the teleprompter, you find the one that is, that's pulling the strings. Are we on the air right now? Oh, I guess we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Here we, here we are. We're looking at this world, and we're looking at the conditions of the world. We've got wars, rumors of wars, which is already written in the Scripture that in, at the end of time, there'll be wars and rumors of war, nation against nation. We've got people that will be saying things that are wrong, calling them right, and things that are right, calling them wrong. So the Word has already told us where we're headed and what's going on and, and what we're encountering and what we're experiencing. The day of Pentecost is recognized as the day that the Holy Spirit came upon the church, the early church, and the early church had information that the world didn't have. The early church had understanding that the world did not understand. The Word says He'll make a way where there seems to be no way, but if you're not being guided by the Holy Spirit, how do you know what way to go? So if I have the Holy Spirit operating and working in my life and I get to the crossroads of making a decision, do I make the decision based upon my experience or do I make a, a decision based upon 
the deep things that he found in God and now is revealing for me which pathway to take. You're making sense here. So when I get to the gas pump and I'm pumping gas and I'm looking at the price, that's really not my concern because that's my present condition. I'm really concerned about my future. And I don't know my future without the Spirit of God. Without the Holy Spirit working and talking within me. Telling me. Now, I, I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit because I don't want to put him in a position where that he's reluctant to reveal to me. When he begins to speak to us, we need to respond. Peter comes out of the upper room and, and people are accusing them of being drunk. He said, this is only the ninth hour, guys. Nobody's been drinking for breakfast. But this is what Joel prophesied. And he went back into the scripture of a prophetic word to let the people know where they are today because they, they had an understanding of the word. They had an understanding of what prophecies were there. And now, now they were right in the middle of that prophetic word coming open as the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to him, if I do not go, then the comfort will not come. In other words, there was an exchange that took place here. We're not left alone. We're not left comfortless. But we have the one that digs into the deep things of God and begins to reveal to us. You say, well, I need, to, I need to have a prophet on the phone. I need to have a prophet in my back pocket. I need to, I need to be in good relationship with prophets. No, what you need is to hear the Holy Spirit. Hear the Holy Spirit for yourself and let the Spirit begin to guide you so that you can go into your future full aware of your destiny that God has for you. I don't, I don't need, I, I, you know, I, I love prophets. I've I got a lot of prophet friends. I've had a lot of prophet friends. I've got all kinds of prophets that we know. We know we know major prophets, minor prophets. We know prophets that are prophets to the nations. I know prophets that are prophets to individuals. We got all these different people, but I don't call them all the time to say, hey, what, what t-shirt do I need to wear? And people want to use want to use prophets for common sense. Well, how do I need to comb my hair? Do I need to part it on the left? Do I need to part it on the right? I don't need to get confused. I just comb it straight back. Because that's the way my hair lays the best. My, my, my point is that if I have the spirit in my life, he's going to tell me who to marry. He's going to tell me when to have children. He's going to tell me which house to buy. He's going to tell me what car to get involved, involved with. He's going to reveal to me what investments to get involved in. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak and confirmation begins to come by the word. And as I begin to step out in these things that God has for me, not based upon the price of things today, but based upon what God is saying for the future. He wants to reveal himself to us. But we don't need to grieve him. 
You know, as a kid coming up, I, I had great parents, wonderful parents, godly parents, and, and they would give me instructions, and there was times that I didn't follow their instructions. Anybody in here didn't follow parents' instructions? I think all of us could say, with both hands being raised in the air, with all fingers waving, and if we get, could stand up without our legs, we'd be holding our legs up too, saying, you know what, they told me a lot of things that I didn't do that I wish I would have listened to. You know, and then we wonder why they're upset, wonder why they're praying all the time. You know, that's what my parents did. They prayed all the time. You know, just, you know, I could tell you exactly in a time in the evening, my dad on the side of his bed had his Bible open and praying for us kids. Ah, a great heritage, but I didn't listen all the time. Hear me, hear what I'm saying. I know that I grieved my parents at times. Hung out with the wrong people, did the wrong things, went to the wrong places. I grieved them. If we can grieve our earthly parents or those that have mentored, those that have imparted into our life. And I take this out of comparison. If our earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father and when I look at that scripture and look at what it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, what is it that I need to do in me to yield to the Holy Spirit? What is it that I need to do on a daily basis to get myself in tune with the Holy Spirit? Do I need to study the word more. Yeah. Do I need to pray more? Yeah. Do I need to fast? Yeah. Occasionally go, go on a fast. Fast something. Just to get yourself into a place of communing with God. But I think that obedience is the greatest. The word says obedience is greater than sacrifice. So, so when in the comparison, I'm just going to do these things and I'm going to sacrifice my time, that's good. It's wonderful. But... Just obeying what he's saying. The simple things. Call the person that I put on your heart. Call them on the phone. Just say, hey, been thinking about you. Yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and be obedient to him. And what you'll find is it'll move from a phone call to something different. To something greater. To something more. But he trusts us as we're obedient to him. And when I'm obedient to the presence of God, obedient to the Holy Spirit, man, what will he reveal to me as I believe what he is saying is from the Father that he has uncovered for my life. For the deep things he searches, even the deep things of God, where would the church be today if, if we would just do what the Holy Spirit says? The Bible speaks to us and says that there are elementary things that are, that are doctrines, that are, are foundations, and one of those things is the raising of the dead. Hmm. 
We're not doing that. So it tells me that there's more room for as individuals to get more clarity of what God is going to do. I believe we're in the season that we're going to see people being raised from the dead. I was reading a report the other day that somebody that had been dead four days was raised from the dead. Four days. You know, it's like Lazarus. He's been dead three days. Don't roll the stone away because by now he stinketh and we don't want to be embarrassed and allow that to be our last memory of Lazarus. And Jesus says, didn't I tell you I am the resurrection and the life? He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he rise. He says, roll the stone away. And he calls Lazarus out from that tomb. I don't know, in my mind, I could see him in his grave clothes, wrapped from head to toe. In fact, the word says after he came out, Jesus says to the people, loose him and let him go. Remove the napkin from his face. Loose him and let him go. So in my mind, I'm seeing this corpse, this mummy, coming out. You know, how do you move when you're wrapped up? Only way I know is just spring out, <laughs> bouncing. If I was younger, I would demonstrate this to you, but I'm afraid it would start a, a, an earthquake if I started bouncing around here. But here he is. He's bouncing out of what was holding him from life. I believe that we're going to start seeing some tremendous things that's going to baffle the science world or the world of science, however you want to look at it. All the same thing. But grieve not the Holy Spirit. Intelligence is different than education. Look at me. I know a lot of people that have an education but have no intelligence. I know people that have tremendous intelligence that have no education. So when you're looking at intelligence, it's not about the education. It's about what God has given you. And now the Holy Spirit, when I look at him, I look at him as a person. I look at him as one that cares about my destiny. It cares about my today. It cares, he cares about my yesterday and he cares about my today. But he's very interested in my future, me accomplishing what God has destined for me to accomplish. So he involves himself in my life to guide me along the way, to comfort me in times where that I need comfort, to give me instruction about the Father when I'm looking in the scripture for him to be revealed to me. To have this word come alive to me that, that it's, more, it's more for me in my day, in my now, than anything else. He reveals the word to me so that I can handle my today. Times of trouble, he says, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Now, how are you going to do that? You're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come into my life and guide me through the difficult areas of life to get me on the other side of difficulty. Am I making sense? Yes. 
Sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes we don't know which way to turn. Sometimes, you know, COVID-19, monkeypox, everything else is going along the line. We've got all the alphabet agencies that are not doing what they're needing to be doing. We've got all kinds of things that are happening. And we've got news reports that are trying to bring such fear upon us that paralyzes us. So how can I keep my right mind and how can I keep my peace and my joy? Church, I'm telling you, it's by the Spirit of God. It's by the Holy Spirit guiding you, directing you, and patting you on the shoulder and saying, hey, everything's going to be all right. When you can't find your favorite prophet on YouTube, when you can't find your favorite evangelist on YouTube, when you can't find your favorite apostle out there that can give you comfort and say, well, the word for today is this. Well, so what? It doesn't matter if you got the hookup or not have the hookup. Just don't get the hiccups and miss what God's trying to do in your life by you not listening to the Spirit of God. Every one of us have the ability to prophesy. The Word says that there are many gifts, but the, but the one to seek the most is prophesy. You need to start prophesying to yourself. Well, I don't know what to say to myself. Get a hold of the Holy Spirit. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will help you understand what to prophesy over your own personal life. I shall live and not die. And I shall declare the works of the Lord. Bev, Bev had a stroke many years ago. We were up in, uh, on, on Highway 20 going to Arkansas. And here she driving the car. And, and all of a sudden she has a stroke in the middle of traffic with two 18-wheelers around us. Yeah, it was a moment, not knowing what's going on. She pulls over on the side of the road. I'm, I'm in the back reading a book, and, and, and the kids were cutting up, and they were jamming with earth, wind, and fire and everything else. And yes, we do like earth, wind, and fire, and we like Chicago, and I like Tower Power, and I like all that. I like, I like all these kind of things that just kind of get you moving a little bit so you don't go to sleep, you know? <laughs> I know I'm going to get some people saying that, yeah. You're a preacher and you like that? Well, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm alive. Here. So here we are. We're going. We get to the hospital. First off, we stop at a, a police officer trying to find the directions to the hospital. And he says, well, I'm, you can't get there from here. Well, where can I, how can I get there? Where do I need to go to get there? I'm, just the comment was just, you can't get there from here. You can get anywhere from anywhere. I just need to know the route. And, and, and oh my goodness, but it was, it was working us. It was working us. So we get in the hospital, and thank God, the emergency nurse that was there was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she was praying for my wife while I'm filling out all the paperwork and uh, I go to the emergency room and we've got a choir of people praying in the Holy Spirit. Got the nurse, my wife, my two children, all of them praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm thinking, well, who started church in here? I mean, where's the praise and worship group? You know, where's the choir at? You know, the Holy Spirit can move anywhere. And that moment gave such comfort. God knows exactly 
where to send you, where to go, so that in your times of trouble, there'll be somebody or just the Holy Spirit himself that will bring comfort to you. So I'm sitting there praying with my wife. We get to the next hospital because they didn't have the equipment to, to help her there and get to the next place. And I'm just holding her hand and praying for her in the morning at noon, night, three times a day. We're just, I mean, bombarding this thing. And then a scripture came to me. And I know it was the Holy Spirit that gave me the scripture. And I started speaking this over her. You shall live and not die. And you shall declare the works of the Lord. I mean, and every time we'd pray, that's what I would, I would speak that over her. I know the Holy Spirit gave that to me. And in a week's time, everything turned around. Where her hand was curled up, it's now moving. The girl can tear up. I have to buy these little screens, these little rubber mats to put over her computer because she tear, tears up the computer so bad that in her typing, she wears the letters off. I'm not a kind of person that I can go by memory. A, S, D, I have to see him, and I'm a two-finger typer. I can go pretty fast with that, but she don't have to look at it. And so I get a marks a lot, and I'm mar marking the letters on the, on the screen because if I don't have the letters on there, I'm lost. But to be able to do that after the stroke, she's healed. She's healed. But the Holy Spirit was all up in those areas. We had people, we had ministers that were in that region we knew that come out to visit. And I'd ask them to leave. I said, can y'all leave? I'm not trying to be rude or anything. But can you go? They'd leave. And I said, we're not letting anybody in here that has a negative report. I don't want to hear about their Aunt Susie, how she didn't recover, and, and Uncle John, and Uncle, Aunt, Uncle who, their dog, and everything else, you know. We come and pray to a prayer of faith. Bless the Lord. God, touch her. But you know, my Aunt Susie, get you and your Aunt Susie out of here because we're speaking life. We're in a battle for life. The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit begins to, to, to show and to reveal things in you. You can get around people when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, and there will either be a confirmation that this is a good person or a confirmation that you don't need to be around that person. He'll protect you and protect your spirit and your soul. He's not occupying in your soul just to take up space. He's in you to walk with you and to guide you and to direct you. There's some people who are good people, but they're not your people. Come on. But the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. The Holy Spirit will let you know that the season of that person being in your life might be coming to an end. Not that they're exiting the world but they might be exiting your life because they don't have the capacity to get you to the next level. Making sense. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Grieve not the Holy, this Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, all wrath, and anger, and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 
and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. There's people in my life that I have forgiven, but I can't be around them. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. And when somebody has violated your trust, it takes time for that to be rebuilt. And it takes change to take place in their life so that you're not having to deal and rehearsing those things over and over and over. So when he, said, when he says here, grieve not the Holy Spirit and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Verse 31 gives us a clue of what we don't need to do because in that we would grieve him. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Guard your lips, guard your thinking, Take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, casting down imagination and any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, cast it down. I'm going to tell you that's a tough place. It's a tough place because we're dealing with history past and present. And in our mind, all of these things are echoing and we're having to deal with the thoughts but if I can get myself to a place where that I can put away those things, be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's talk about that just for a moment because there's some religious controversy in that. Forgiveness... Forgiveness doesn't mean you become best buddies again. It might in some cases, might not in some. It might be that you have to let somebody just float off into the distance because if they're in your presence, they're going to do something that's going to offend and you're going to have to go right back through those things again. So it might be that you just release some people in your life. That makes sense what I'm saying. When I start looking at where I'm going, what I'm doing, there are certain people that not welcome in my house because they will interrupt where I'm going and what I'm doing. I can't afford in the times and the seasons that we're living in to be attached to somebody that's going to drag me down. So I've got to start picking up the pace that they can't keep up with. Hear, hear what I'm saying. When, when I'm in a pace and they're able to keep up with me, it means that I haven't moved. I'm still in the same category. But if I can pick up my pace that they can't run in, then I'm advancing in what God has for me. We're all running a race. But you never run a race just to participate. My grandson, first grade, 
wants to go in his first 5K race. So he enters. He was training with a guy that was an adult running, and so he brought him along just to show him what they would be doing. So here he is in his first 5K race, and he's running with other classmates. It's a hot day. There's no drinks for him. There's no Kool-Aid. There's no uh, uh, anything that they have to cool down. Somebody on that street that they were running on had a sprinkle system going in the front yard. And so he got distracted because he was hot. And he moved over into the front yard to cool down with the sprinkle system. So he was playing in the water with the sprinkle system. I can picture him right now. Everybody else is running by, but he's playing in the water. The people that were watching him could not find him. And they're in a panic because Brandon and Rochelle entrusted them to watch over their child in the 5K race. So everybody's in a panic and everybody is looking for my grandson. And when I'm hearing the story, they're not telling me the end results. I'm thinking, man, he's, somebody's got him. He's lost or whatever. You know, and I'm, uh, you know, your heart just gets to racing with all this stuff. And so anyway, they ended up finding him. The dad says, what happened, son? He said, dad, it was just too hot. He said, but I lost. Man, I'm bummed out because I could have won. And his dad used that now. Brandon takes every, everything that his kids do and he makes it into a sermon. He begins to preach. He said, you could be running a race to win and you could be ahead of the pack. You could be out in front and you could be winning in your category. But if you're distracted in the heat and the water looks more appealing than the reward of the race, you might be playing in the water, but you're not going to win the race. Oh, what a, what, what, a, what a moment he had with his child explaining to him that sometimes you just got to keep on going if you want the trophy. You've got nobody to blame but yourself. You gave up on the race to get cooled down and to play in the water. If you would have hung in there two more minutes, you would have crossed the finish line and you would have won first place in your category. But because you lost focus. <laughs> so many times the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, but in the natural we have our eyes looking at how much the pressure is on us and he has the prize for us and calling us to win the race. And we get distracted for a water fountain. We get distracted and take a detour. And we can't finish the race. We can't finish and we don't receive the trophy. And how many times have we been so bummed out in life? Because now we could see where we should be. But we're not. Because we lost focus. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. I can remember times in my life where that, man, I had been on fast. I've been, you know, dealing with issues, seeing things. And then Holy Spirit bringing me into different dimensions. And I, and I said to him one time, stop, I can't handle it anymore. 
It was coming so rapidly, so fast, things that were going on, things that I was seeing in the realms of the spirit. And I said, stop, I can't handle it. And there's untold apostles, untold prophets that I've sat and talked to and say, I wish I would have never said that. I wish that I would have never gotten away from the focus and gotten off course. Hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? All of us have had moments. All of us have moments where we said, you know what? The pressure, the pressure. You're going to have pressure no, no matter where you go. The glory of God is a heavy thing. It's not a light thing. The word says, for these light, light afflictions are only for a moment, but they're working in us for a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory. So if you think <clears throat> pressure is going to be relieved when you start walking in the spirit, no, it's a different pressure because it's an eternal weight of glory now that you're carrying. But you were built to carry that pressure. You're not built to carry the stress and the worries of the world that fear comes in and hovers over you and pushes you down. <laughs> We're built to walk in the Spirit. We're built to talk in the realms of the Spirit. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis, we, let's create man. Let's create man in our image and in our likeness. You don't see God getting overwhelmed by the things of the world. He's carrying a weight of glory that he's gotten used to carrying. I say used to. He's God from the beginning all the way to the end. He's God and he's God all by himself. He doesn't need any instruction. He is instruction. And he's carrying this glory. And here we are made in his image and in his likeness. And we're looking in a two-dimensional world where it's our past and our present. And we're trying to figure things out in our present when all we really need to do is to start stepping in the realms of the Spirit and start carrying that heavier weight of eternal glory. Eternal glory. Come on, we're living in this little time capsule, if you will. There's going to be a time where time's not going to be anymore. We're going to be in eternity. But while we're in time, we need to learn how to carry his presence, carry his glory, carry his spirit, and allow his spirit to so speak to us and to bathe us in this world that we're living in. Because the enemy is trying everything in his power to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your comfort, to get you off course, to start looking at the sprinkle system instead of looking at the finish line. We need to start looking at the finish line and saying, you know, when I cross over that finish line, I'm pulling people across it with me. I'm not going to allow the enemy to dictate to where I'm going based upon where I've been. Where you've been has nothing to do with where you're going. Where you are today has nothing to do with where you're going, except it's the launching pad to get you there. It's the starting point. It's not you can't get there from here. You can get into your promises from where, where you are. 
if you make a decision to follow after the Spirit. Today, I challenge you, those that are watching by whatever means you're watching today, I challenge you to start walking in the Spirit. Let this day of Pentecost resonate within you and say, you know what, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want that encounter, what they had in the upper room. I want that unity with the Spirit, and I want Him to speak to me. So I challenge you today. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm going to pray with you, and then I'm going to pray with the people that are here. But I'm believing that today is going to be a day of change for all of us. We're going to recognize that there is a finish line, and we're going to finish healthy. We're going to finish strong. We're going to fit, finish rich. When I say rich, I'm not talking about coins or money or anything like that. I'm going to tell you, I'm a rich man because my children are serving the Lord, and I got grandchildren that are serving the Lord. That makes me rich. So a lot of people can't say that. And a lot of people are in sorrow and grief because their family is hurting and in need. But you might be the one to help lead them into the kingdom. If you're full of the spirit. Get full of the spirit. Get full of God in your life. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing. I ask you, Lord, that you begin to minister to all those that are watching by whatever means that they're watching by. I ask you, God, that you, there would be an unveiling in their life, a revealing in their life, a, an apocalyptic moment in their life that they begin to see in the realms of your spirit <clears throat> to understand that you have more for them than what they're encountering today. Move upon all of us today, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Those of you that are watching, thank you for watching. We'll see you again real soon.